Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by me, the Reverend Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on August 16th, 2020, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. In the name of the one holy and living God, who hears our persistent cries. Amen. Today, Jesus encounters a Canaanite woman, a Syrophoenician woman in the gospel. She gets to him, even though his followers try and get in her way. She finally makes her way up to Jesus, who's been ignoring her. She asks Jesus to show her mercy, to heal her daughter. And painfully, Jesus at first refuses. Then he responds, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Did Jesus just call that woman a dog? Would Jesus use such a nasty word? In the understanding of ancient Israel, dogs were not pets. They were not fur babies. Dogs were scavengers. They were unclean. Most Orthodox rabbis, even today, won't keep dogs in their house. Cats, yes, but not dogs. There's no way around it. This gospel is difficult. It's a mess. How do we interpret what Jesus does, what Jesus says? Last week, I asked the question, where do you find yourself in the text? Today, I want to ask another question of the Bible. What lens do you bring? We all bring lenses, consciously or unconsciously, to how we read the Bible, to how we read everyday life. Let's start with current events. A great deal of coverage concerning COVID-19 has taken on the lens of war. We talk about the battle to contain the spread. Even frontline workers is a wartime image. But the language of warfare might be misplaced, problematic, because no weapon will stop the virus. You can't blow it to smithereens. Interestingly, we've been using the language of war when we are comfortable using the pandemic as a lens elsewhere. This summer, we've been talking about twin pandemics. We use the language of disease, the lens of disease, to talk about racism. Racism is in the air. It infects. And for most of us, this summer is the first time we've lived through a literal pandemic. And it's been tough. We've never had to behave this way before. But it turns out the lens of pandemic may be a helpful way to talk about racism. In this pandemic, we've learned that the symptoms of an individual are often almost undetectable. So if individuals only act on their own behalf, if I insist I'm symptom-free, I'm fine to go around in public, if all of us behave this way, then the community is doomed. We have to think systemically. Out in public, I don't wear a mask for my safety, but for yours. 
The only way to stop the spread is for all of us, all of us, to act like we are potentially infectious. This lens matters. We won't fight our way out. We won't win, like if we were using the language of war. We will only survive together. We will only make it through to the other side by practicing compassion, by putting our neighbor's needs first. The lens of war doesn't get us there. That language demands enemies we can confront. The language of compassion, mutual care, and sacrifice needs a different lens. We all carry lenses with us as we approach our day-to-day lives and as we approach Scripture. One read of today's gospel story is that Jesus is challenging his disciples. He's challenging their biases. This story is read as a rabbinic teaching. He's playing their game. It's a trick. At first, following the disciples' lead, he tries to ignore the woman, but Jesus knows that she's going to keep up her pleas. Then he plays their biases again with his language. He exposes the xenophobic and misogynistic lens with which his own disciples view their neighbors. Maybe that's how this actually played out. I'm not sure Matthew's gospel gives enough evidence for this reading, but maybe. You often hear this argument from folks who want to defend Jesus. The church can hand us some pretty thick lenses for scripture. Since at least the fifth century, the church has taught that Jesus was fully divine, which means, as St. Paul puts it, Jesus is without sin. If Jesus can't sin, then he couldn't have used a racist epithet. Jesus couldn't have treated this woman with sexism. Looking at scripture through this lens, I guess you just have to blur out the words on the page. You can tell I don't find this argument very compelling, partly because I think it misunderstands the nature of sin. If we understand the sin of racism only through individual actions, only through the use of racial epithets or violence, then it's easy to say things like, I don't know any racists. If we see racism through the lens of systems, we can see that black women are paid on average 40% less than white men. August 13th marked equal pay day for black women this year. For the average black woman to earn what the average white man earned in 2019, she had to keep working all the way through Thursday. It's structural. That's racism and gender bias at work. And it's really hard to point to any individual action that made it true, any individual decision. And it's still sinful. Lenses matter. If you don't look at our society through a structural lens, a systemic lens, you might think that Dr. King and the civil rights movement ended racism. You need a different lens. Because without that structural lens, you might not see the way sin is still operating. In college, I was given a lens for scripture, and the gift has been precious. Black womanist and Latin American feminist theologians ask us to read scripture with the lens called option for the poor, option for the marginalized. They say if you want to understand what is happening in the Bible, 
look to the poor. God seems to be working across the length of the Bible for the liberation of the least, the lost, and the left out. Through this lens, we can see today's reading in a different light. We can see this woman for the powerhouse that she is. What is redemptive in this reading, what is powerful is this woman's persistence. She ignores the disciples shooing her away. She pushes past Jesus' silence. She redirects his problematic language. She persists. She keeps pursuing Jesus until the healing comes. This woman is the center of the story. She is the hero. I would argue it's not a coincidence that she reminds us of another character in the Gospels. Jesus once told a parable of a persistent woman who faces down an unjust judge. Jesus tells his followers to be persistent in prayer because how much more will a just God hear those who persist? I never answered the original question of this sermon about whether Jesus called this woman a dog. The question itself makes me deeply uncomfortable. But I think that has to be the case. Because when you look through the lens of systemic injustice, there is no denying that the church, that those of us who claim to follow Jesus have contributed to and benefited from the exploitation of women and people of color. Jesus says in this story, what Jesus says in this story is uncomfortable because still today women's cries are ignored and dismissed. What Jesus says in this story is uncomfortable because race and ethnicity are still markers of whether someone is more likely to be paid unfairly, denied access to education or the vote, or killed in police custody. In the face of these realities, the only lenses that help us see clearly are those that help us see this woman claiming the center of the story. The path forward is relentless persistence until God's healing comes. Amen.